narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Rudy Giuliani is important this week to us because of something that uh, LB found the other day, well, received the other oh. day, because you discovered a what was classified document involving Rudy Giuliani, okay. and it came up in your flyer side chat yesterday morning. Was it yesterday? Mm. Time flies. Um, and it was uh, really fascinating. So do you want to tell us a little bit about why it's so interesting? And then we're going to spend a lot of time geeking out about a lot of history around Iran-Contra. Okay. So if you're in for that, stay. But if you're, if you're not, that's what, we're, that's what we're going to be doing. You'll enjoy it if you're, if you're geeky like us. Um, Go ahead, Elby. Tell us about this incredible document, and I'll put it up on the screen uh, while you're while you're okay. talking about it. Put it up on the screen while I'm talking. I, I shared it with Sev. This is this was from a court case, uh, so it came out. This is not me. It just is not something people have seen before. So I'm very interested in how, and I think this is what's really relevant uh, because we have the same players over and over again. How certain individuals find themselves in the Department of Justice and then use that job, that role in there to um, <laughs> go and search for stuff or shake shit down or level threats, or maybe they use some kind of threat to get the job in the first place. So this is uh, this was a letter that Judy, Judy, I always call him Judy. I'm just going to keep going. Judy. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Come on, Judy. Sweet Judy. Judy, little Judy clicked her heels and got herself a job at the Department of Justice as an Associate Attorney General. So this is coming on his letterhead just weeks, barely a couple weeks into his position. Um, you see the date there, March 1981. 1981. Yeah. Right. Now, he was a little prosecutor. Judy was a little prosecutor, but had not kind of made his way into, into this. This is a very big appointment, and it came from the Reagan administration, which itself was only, you know, this is only two months into that, less than, okay? So um, when you read down a little bit on this, this is Rudy's little memo, and he's saying the subject matter is that there's a CIA referral, meaning some kind of information's coming out of the CIA, and they've referred it to the Department of Justice, and Rudy's following up. Um, However, what he asked for underneath that, oh, and what it's about is the alleged foreign government interference with the 1980 presidential election, which had just happened. Um, so here we have uh, from the Department of Justice itself saying out of information provided by the CIA that there might have been some foreign uh, government interference in Reagan's election that we never heard about. In 1980. We didn't know about it. All the way back in 1980. 1980. To, to be fair, they've been pushing on elections for, like, the Russians alone have been pushing on elections for, for a hundred years. Correct. That Rudy, that. that Rudy was interested. I mean, he wasn't a CIA guy, so. What's, what's the new hobby, Rudy? Oh, he's got a new hobby coming in there. But also, we don't know how Rudy got this job. Mm. Rudy got this job. His official story is that he changed his party affiliation to Republican. And I guess he was just so gorgeous and attractive that Reagan <laughs> just had to snatch him right up and put him right in there. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't hold any water whatsoever. And it doesn't track with his pattern of behavior. No. Um, 
And so I got into sort of who were Rudy's associates in the 70s um, uh, in New York City <laughs> that perhaps would have allowed him to have some mm. information that he could have used to come in and sort of say, hey, give me a job. I know some shit or I'll come in and be a, you know, I want a job. I want a position at the uh, Department of Justice. He sought this out. He wanted this job and he got it. And we don't know how or why. He, it, it doesn't track that he was just qualified, although he had been involved in political stuff a little bit. Yeah, what was happening in the, in 19, with the 1980 presidential election? We have this whole thing called the October Surprise. I don't want to get into that big bit of history, but it had to do with whether or not Reagan colluded, I don't know what else to say, colluded with the foreign government. Day, day one of Ronald Reagan's presidency and day one of freedom for 52 Americans. Though thousands of miles apart, these two historic events moved almost on parallel tracks today. The new president had not been in office an hour when the former hostages became free men and women again. And they are well along now on their trip to West Germany and eventually to home. For the latest on their return to freedom, here is Peter Jennings in West Germany. Peter? Frank, the Algerian 727 carrying the freed hostages left Athens about one hour ago. It's now over the Mediterranean. It was on the ground 90 minutes for refueling. No one disembarked. The American ambassador to Greece, Bob McCloskey, did not go on board, but he did send some flowers on board, and he got a note back from his old friend Bruce Langan, who said, I am very glad to be finally going home. It is about a three-hour flight from Athens to Algiers, where the former captives should arrive about 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It, it, there's just so much confusion and fuckery around. Uh, there's two sets of hostages. Uh, those were the hostages they were speaking of there were the hostages of the sort of that from the embassy. And, you know, there's many movies written about all that and shown about all that. But the idea was, and the conspiracy theory is, and there's quite a bit to back it up, did Reagan have some kind of deal where he negotiated with Iran through any kind of proxy saying, hold, don't release those hostages because it was da really damaging to Jimmy Carter um, on top of a lot of other things. And he wanted to win. Yeah, that's how he won uh, the election. That's a the prevailing so, theory of how he won the election. It was is the that prevailing he, theory, but whether he, he was involved the, in that or not is the, is the thing we're not certain about. Another this. Republican president who may have done, you know, some weird stuff going on there. I don't know, you know, uh, just some weird stuff. I mean, you look at Nixon dealing with the North Vietnamese. Yeah. And, and, That's right. and you know, dealing with, um, I forgot what it was specifically. That was the Chinook affair, right? Where, where they uh, basically negotiated with one side in order to continue the war. Nixon benefited from continuing the war. Uh, yeah. And they could have stopped the war actually earlier. But they benefited from continuing, and they did that through a side back channel negotiation with Kissinger, uh, yeah. through this woman called Chanel. Yeah, and this so is Kissinger again, who shows up in a lot of these iterations of October surprises. Doesn't, and, doesn't yeah, he just? He's like just everywhere. It's so interesting. I just finds his way into these stories. So you know, who knows? Maybe there was a October surprise with some foreign interference because it, it seems like there's a referral from the CIA. To an attorney, to the attorney general's office, asking them to look into foreign interference in the 1980s. Well, it seems like what Ru it seems to me how I read it is, mm -hmm. Rudy went around and was poking at people. <laughs> right. Um, so what, what he you got? wants in that letter? If you go back to that letter, mm -hmm. he's he's making a demand for a signature, so he wants some paper, okay, on something codifying something for himself. 
Um, so I just, I could be wrong, but to me, he's asking the deputy attorney general's signature um, on a letter requesting as you have recommended. So he's saying, okay, you guys told me I needed something and I know I need something and I want something. So poke, 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 remember me and give me what I want. That's what this is, a written report to the department concerning this matter. Concerning what matter? Concerning some foreign interference in the, in the election of the, of the president we're all here to, you know, serve. So this is, if you, if you look at this from the perspective of Rudy being Rudy, how does it smell to you? It smells pretty rich to me. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It yeah. sure does. It stinks. It really does. Yeah. And also it says here the letter should make it clear that it will be available to Department of Justice officials strictly on a need-to-know basis. That almost sounds yeah. like a cover-up of sorts. Because, I mean, because it's because it's intelligence, and so right. and it's it's highly confidential, and um, so you're, he's poking around. In, he's in the criminal division, poking mm. around in counterintelligence. Mm. Interesting. That's <laughs> Rudy. Yeah. So, so as a, as a comparison, you know, when when the Trump people got in, I think it was Reince. And maybe Bannon, uh, they were they were going to various agencies looking for what is so what does NATO have on Russia? Mm-hmm. Like what have you got? And what you know what did you pick up on Russia? And it's like, huh? Now now, now they're a big deal. I mean, because Trump loves them, so why are you worried? Since we want to have a good friendly relationship, mm-hmm. or is there some other motive? I sent you something else that I don't know that anyone has seen. There was then later a New York Post article. It's a mm-hmm. Rudolph, It's a Murdoch. Murdoch Rag, right? Uh, from like November 1986. Here we go. Look at the top line of that. You see that's at the very top of there? You declassified and approved what? for release 2012 Right. CIA. So it was classified. It was, it, whatever this was, was taken out, mm. <laughs> classified. And then not until I think 2012 uh, was declassified. And this was an inside look at the Iran contract, but tying Giuliani to the Iran-Contra affair, which was what was sitting right behind that October surprise. These things were happening at the same time. Um, and some of, this is public now. We've known about his involvement with Hashimi. And um, this gets into arms dealers, you guys, arms traders. It's sort of my world. <laughs> That's I don't want to bore you with a bunch of names. But what the hell is Rudy Giuliani doing <laughs> In 19, this would have been 1980 and 81. Mm. He was having, yeah. while a sitting attorney general, he's involved. Right? He's an AAG too. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's pretty high up on the DOJ uh, chain there, That's you know, right. being in that position. So, and then in the years That's to come, right. they're Brady. investigating uh, these guys and there's a prosecution underway, and it's his office that pulls the prosecution. It's Rudy That's Giuliani's right. office that says, we don't have the case. I get to try out these right. Iran-Contra uh, weapons arms dealers. Yeah. So, you know, why did you do that? Well, including Adnan Khashoggi, which you, I mean, how hard could it have been to prosecute Adnan Khashoggi? Um, it wouldn't have been that hard. So, you know, how did they not have a case suddenly? What was going on? Something was going on. You know, maybe he was an asset. Maybe he was working with an intel agency. It's possible. Maybe. For which country? <laughs> is, is the next question. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I mean, let's face it, the Reagan, um, 
administration had its problems with both Soviet and Israeli spies. You know, they have a, a, a fairly rich history yeah. of of uh, spying on us, the Israelis and the Soviets. And uh, but the the Reagans yeah. had a fair amount of them. They've even had uh, the, they obviously had Pollard, so people are, remember Pollard a lot. But there was also this um, Mr. X, which was a group of people who worked within the Pentagon and around the Pentagon. People believe they were Pollard was p- passing the information from that he was taking from the. Um, was he naval intelligence? I think it was naval intelligence. He took that information and he passed it off to to these guys who were the Mr. X committee in the Pentagon. And their names you sort of know. There's names like uh, Richard uh, Richard Pearl, I think, is one of them. There was a, a cell basically run by the Soviets and the Israelis, spying both on the naval in- right. intelligence and getting information of really important significance to America's national security, and then passing it off well, to the Israelis and to the Soviets. Here's what's important about Pollard: is that although he was in there as naval intelligence, what he stole and what he was passing on uh, to Israel was that uh, our procedural manuals out of the NSA for mm-hmm. signal intelligence. Yeah. Uh, how we do sig- at the highest level, he got the highest level of, uh, of his hands on the manuals and he was, that's what he was passing off. So it wasn't, he wasn't even breaching his own, where he worked himself. He used his position where he worked uh, uh, to get his hands on um, NSA's top secret manuals, and that's what he was passing on, which is why so many of our top intelligence officials, and this guy was just released recently, so many of our top intelligence officials went to the mattresses to make sure that Pollard did not get released. Israel was really vying for it. Dershowitz was his uh, attorney, and the other uh, actor that was heavily involved with trying to get Pollard off and advocating on Pollard's behalf was Rabbi Ronald Greenwald, who is the one that I talked about in the flyer side, that is, was Rudy Giuliani's, one of his top confidants. I don't know if he was, if Greenwald was a, was a confidential informant for Giuliani, but he was, they were very close. Rabbi, Rabbi Ronald Greenwald, yeah, from Creek. Oh. Greenwald, he's passed away in 2016, he was older. This was, this was the man, he was a political operative, not, he, he had the title rabbi because he went to school for all of that. He didn't have a synagogue. Oh, he yeah, he was just, he, and he called himself, he called himself an operative. Um, he, he wanted to be in politics, he wanted to be involved in, at that level. So this was a something he sought, he was very open about and, and the world that he was in. Um, he His closest friend, and he went on the record several times to say this, and somebody that he worked with in terms of helping get this individual's um, associates out of the Soviet Union at the time and into Brighton Beach was a man by the name of F.C. Egron. F.C. Agron was the biggest Russian mafia boss we have ever had on our shores. It, it's not even close. Um, uh, he was, F.C. Agron was assassinated in 1985 and preceded by uh, the guy who assassinated him, Marat uh, Balagula, right? Um, it's widely understood that that's who assassinated him. Uh, F.C. Agron came in the 70s, uh, came out of the gulags, was sent by the KGB. This is all documented, right? So we don't know was the KGB just sending him and sending his syndicate over because they were trying to flood us with very dangerous criminals? Or was he was he tasked with something? I, It's unclear. Um, Why not both? We just could be both. Yeah, very dangerous criminal tasked with, you know, invading America from the underworld yeah. up. 
he partnered with the Genovese crime family. Um, yeah. He they landed in where he ran his business out of and his syndicate out of. Um, and terrorize the Russian emigre community in Brighton Beach is really what he was doing was just terrorizing other Jews uh, was out of the El Carib Club, Michael Cohen's family. Oh, yeah, there's a good name we know. Yeah. So Michael yeah, Cohen would, would know all these guys, too. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. This is a criminal. Oh, yeah, like you always say, it's generational. This is all generational. That's right. You no. Know? that's right. So Greenwald was best friends with Agron, always uh, advocating on Agron's behalf, trying to connect things and make things happen for him. It was crazy. Um, and some of this he did with his good buddy, his other good buddy, Rudy Giuliani. Um, there was never an investigation or prosecution of Agron. And this was a cold-blooded murderer. Mm-hmm. This was a, the Russian mafia, when they came in, guys, it wasn't, you know, they parted with the Italians right away. But um, there's a lot of quotes on this, and they're really good, coming from the Italian mafia saying, these guys had no rules. They had no rules, yeah. no boundaries. You know, they just kill, they'd kill everybody. Uh, they'd kill you, decapitate you, leave your head in the middle of the street. Yeah, I, and never got prosecuted. So few of them got prosecuted. Never got, so few of them got prosecuted. It was, and it was a blind, the Department of Justice really, and the FBI was really blindsided by this for quite a while. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of great books written and a great reporting around that in the era. They didn't see it coming in the 70s. It came in the 70s, and they mm-hmm. certainly didn't see it in the 80s. Uh, when it looked like the New York mafia, uh, our Italian mafia crime families were rolling over New York City in the most brutal of ways, and there were a lot of uh, in the 80s, um, it, no one was seeing that the Russians were in there with mm-hmm. them. And really amplifying everything, amplifying the scams, amplifying, you know, the money, the gas scams, the windfall of the money was not like what anyone had seen before. Um, these were really brilliant gangsters coming in with really brutal ways and a lot of resources and just really rolling over everybody is what they did. So you've got Russian mobsters who are also some of them Israelis and they they seem to work through the through Israel as well. They came through Israel, yeah. right. And you've got um, Russian and Soviet uh, and anti-Israeli uh, spies in the Pentagon. So you've got these these things happening at the same time. You've got these, you know, this... Go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Um, and when was Benjamin Netanyahu the Israeli, what was the envoy to the UN? Wasn't that the Correct. mid-80s? It was about that, yes. I think you're right. And, and let's so. also think. Let's also think about how much, you know, if some of these mobsters, if some of these Russians and Israelis were getting, you know, uh, you know, surveillance and intel from their intelligence, you know, from you know Russian intelligence or Israeli intelligence, you know, to get one up on their competition, to take over the market, you know, to undermine. I mean, think think about think about having a nation state, the power of an intelligence helping community yeah. helping you you know, become the, you know, the, uh, a mob boss. And then you do them favors, you know, with whatever they need done and they do you favors as well. They protect you, give you cover. Especially when that nation state has such access to the American intelligence community because they're so trusted. It's, it's fucked up. Well, Intel, it's interesting. Intel interfacing with any kind of business. Now in America, you know, we have very strict, you know, r- rules and laws between any of our hypothetically any of our services and 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 legitimate business 
I will say in my experience in competitive intelligence, the reputation of other nations is that if there's something of national interest that is a commercial, a viable, above-board commercial um, enterprise, such as you know uh, energy or transportation, building airplanes or whatnot, there might be a little bit of help from the nation state. And uh, I'm not sure that we've never done it in this country. So there's a model there. And if you can do it, and if you can do it there, and you're talking about the KGB, you know, why not there, give the mobster you know, stuff? Yeah, they don't, they don't care. I mean, they, 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 whatever goals they had, or you know, what Russia, RIS has now, Russian intelligence now, they, there's no morality involved. You know, it's, they'll, they'll do whatever, whatever, so whenever, be, however. This would well, find this interesting because just before the show, oh, sorry, Derek, do you want to finish that thought? Oh, you're just dorking me out on competitive intelligence stuff because <laughs> if, if it's all, I, you know, I just kind of made this connection for the first time because we've been talking about spy mobsters as a new hybrid. But if you're thinking of, uh, you know, intelligence is powerful and can be, you know, if you can make it actionable for uh, a decision maker, then you can get value. That's the soul of what we do. We just don't do it with nation state tools. Uh, it would make complete sense that if you can do it with a car company or, you know, a boat manufacturer or whatnot, why not do it with cocaine? Why not do it with, especially if you see it in hybrid warfare terms as a tool of the nation. So of course the Russians did it and maybe they're not the only ones if they're using their underworld as a tool of national interest. Mm. Triad, Yakuza, wonderful example. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to my world, gentlemen. <laughs> We've been here for a while. I finally got you all the way into now, my little. No I have something for you, LB, because I think you'll appreciate this. So yeah. Rudy Giuliani is there in 1981, right? You're saying March 16th, 1981. There he is asking for information. In the Department of Justice. Yeah, the Department yeah. of Justice. Do you know where Bill Barr was at the time? Where was Bill Barr? Was he at the CIA? No. No, he wasn't actually the Where CIA. Was he? It's really interesting. It's hard to find out where Bill Barr was. I had to do a little digging. Oh. And you know, why, why would I have to dig about something like that? That wouldn't be that hard to find. Well, yeah. according to the resume that I got access to, at least, you know, Barr's got a few missing years. You see, it says it's Central Intelligence Agency there between 1973 and 1977. Yeah. And then it sort of jumps to the United States Courts of Appeal. I can't read the dates there because I'm blind, uh, but I have it here. So let me get it correct. Um, and uh, sorry, it looks uh, like a decade's gone. It looks like there's a few years missing up until 1989, <laughs> yeah. right? He goes to the yeah. he goes to his assistant attorney general. He's the office of the legal counsel there between January 1, 1989 to January 1, 1990. And then so it's yeah. a decade, almost a decade. And it's an important decade because that's when Giuliani was uh, there. And it turns out that he actually wasn't that missing. We can find out where he was. And where he was, okay. according to the New York Times magazine, in June 1977, Barr left the CIA upon his graduation from George Washington University Law School, eventually landing as Barr worked for Reagan in the White House. The story there, he leaves the CIA and then he goes to the White House at some point. It might not be directly afterwards, but around the same time, that uh, Rudy Giuliani was requesting information about foreign interference in the 1980 elections. Bill Barr was at the White House with Ronald Reagan and George Bush, who he worked with before, because in 1976, when George Bush was defending the CIA in front of all those committee hearings, it was Bill Barr who was sitting right next to him, giving him the backup. That's right. So you've got to really, you know, you fast forward, what, how many years now? And 
now Bill Barr is giving Rudy Giuliani potentially a, um, a pardon for something he might have done in the past or who knows where, maybe in the future. And he might be complicit in the same thing or might be at least uh, conflicted. Let's fill this in. So, you know, uh, you know, there's a whole Iran-Contra truth-telling story to to happen. Mm. Uh, Trust me, (laughs) it's going to happen. But um, just jump from where we where we stop. Rudy Giuliani, 1981, going into the Department of Justice and immediately poking at people about uh, CIA referrals around foreign election interference in the 1980 election. Uh, hashtag October surprise around Contra, right? Like that's what that is, right? And then uh, you have the decade of around Contra happening until we find it out in 85, 86, it starts to become really public. And we, it, 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 people were really confused about what is this, right? It just wasn't clearly told. And then you move out of the Reagan era and into the Bush, H.W. Bush presidency. And right away, Bill Barr comes in, he's attorney general, and what does he start doing? He starts figuring out and putting a list together. This takes a little bit of time, actually, but because Iran-Contra is still going, investigations into it are still going. It's this rolling bag of shit, right? It just keeps rolling and pulling more people into it. It becomes more, because it's just like, (laughs) ah, what were they doing? It's just unbelievable amounts of money and arms dealers and fucked up mobsters and criminals and foreign states. And, oh, I got a terror organ in here. Yikes, right? And and then somehow the Central America, <laughs> like and cabbage on airplanes with cabbage launchers <laughs> and, on airstrips in Tunisia. It's just this insane thing, right, to, uh, to sort of investigate and unpack and all of that. We get to H.W. Bush. This is the whole point of talking about this today. Bush did pardon people mm-hmm. at the end of his, he did issue pardons and the person who prepared those pardons for him was, was Bill Barr. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with this. The attorney general, Bill Barr, in his first stint, used his position as attorney general to mine through the evidence and investigations into the folks involved in Iran-Contra, which really did implicate Reagan and Bush, and came up with the list based on all of that evidence. This is real reporting. He is the one who developed the list of who to pardon (laughs) and delivered that list to Bush, and Bush started pardoning. Barr is in the same position now. He's in there in the attorney as attorney general. He has eyes into everybody and all these investigations and all of these sort of if there's grand, the grand jury shit, he can see it all. And he can come up for Don with for Donald with the list of people. Here's who you need to pardon and here's how you need to pardon them. Give them a global pardon, give them a specific pardon, whatever the fuck. I don't like it that yet again, here we have this guy, this motherfucker, right? And Giuliani in there doing his fucking shit too. Excuse my French, everybody. It's the same two motherfuckers. Mm. We're still dealing with these two criminal attorneys, whatever the hell they are now. Um, You know, there's Barr seeing and knowing everything and being able to deliver that list to, to, to Donald. We need some kind of fire. That's where we need the firewall in the future is that the attorney general cannot use their position as attorney general to come up with a pardon list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, no, he has he, eyes on all that Especially when he's conflicted in these all these cases. I mean, it's not only that. There's the promise yes. case uh, that he did back then that, you know, he covered up that ah, whole thing as well. Like he's he, every time there's been some sort of Israel-Soviet um, event in the intelligence world, Bill Barr has come in and swept it up. And, uh, and well, why? Because he's a CIA guy. We all know he's a CIA guy. But why is he doing this as attorney general then? So, 
can I can I can I bang a a, a, yeah. a potential scenario of this? Yeah. I mean, there can be things that are more more complex uh, going on. There always are. But what if 1980? Somebody steps forward and says, "Hey, uh, you, you, Republican Party, you want to you want you want an advantage here? I mean, you still kind of got that black guy from that Nixon thing, right? You want an advantage? We can hook you up in Iran here, and we can work with those guys. And you know, we talk about the the great compromat in the mice, money, ideology, compromise, ego. All you got to do with with compromat in terms of when it's a crime is." know that it's been committed and that you did it and you had a deal and you know the other person knows and you know if you if you read any of the books uh with strock and and uh anybody in the fbi how compromat works it's you don't have to have a threat mm. it's if you know and they know you know they know you know what if this goes back to somebody steps to these guys hey you want to you want to get your groove back we can pull we can do a deal in iran and then you're off to the races for 30 or 40 years of them having that to hold over you and the people that would know that that was there to hold over would be intelligence agencies and the people who pull it off and maybe we're just caught in this spin cycle for four goddamn decades and all of this is happening as the soviet union is falling apart and what a time for the soviet union to fall apart when you've got all these compromised individuals in the pentagon and elsewhere in the attorney general's office or uh, the doj all of these people are compromised well that's that's very helpful if you're trying to maneuver things in the world. And they did, you know, some of the things that they did, like the, the original uh, uh, arms deals that they did with the Soviets, those were not advantageous to, to America at all. They were not, and, and there, was a, there was the Afghan war, and yeah. that, was a, that was a strategic move, um, and we can get into all that too. I think the thing to look at between that moment in time and this moment in time we're in now, and what we can really sort of pull way out and sort of, and see is that, when it comes, I'm so glad you said, Zev, that about this was also an orchestration of the fall of the Soviet Union was coming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. shift to shift the world order in such a way, to take out a power, take out a big world power. This is the level of criminality that it takes. You've mm-hmm. got to have proxy wars, arms deals, huge sums of money gone missing, fucketeers in there, right? Like, you know, at corrupt, corrupt, to, you know, Justice departments do all kinds of shit to pull off really trying to tear down and crazy ass elections, shifts in leaderships, manipulation, forward interference. This is the kind of shit that it takes to try to take out a world power. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I cannot look at the Trump presidency as anything other than part of a multi-pronged attack on us. Oh, for sure. Um, And the latest chapter of of the decades of this. Yeah, and it's not like you're going to take the United States out. It's not like a nuclear strike where you're going to take the United States out. Right. You know, you got to do it over time. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. It takes time. We're a really strong democracy, right? And look, we we rose up and we said, nope, sorry. You're not going to do that to us. We came back and did this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have a feeling if you look back at all the October surprises, every single one of them, you might be able to find that they're in some ways connected to to the same group of people and that goes down to the the 2008 collapse of the um yeah. of, the, of the economy i mean all those things are some ways connected to the same group of people in the same countries um imagine all of those calamities not having happened to america in the last 40 years how much different the country we would be 
I mean, it's a mess. You know, hopefully we can, we can get the reins back and 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 have a bit. You know, there's there's always going to be criminality. There's always going to be corruption. You know, but maybe we can kind of reduce it to a level that it's more than manageable uh, yeah. for us. Well, we have I mean, to prosecute. Really right. to go. Huh? We, 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 go, we, we have, have to, to prosecute. prosecute. We can't let we these have, people we have get away prosecute. with it. We cannot. You know, I, I'm literally. If, if you want to see me go berserk. Um, Biden decides not to, you know, I mean, it's not really Biden's choice. It's really his AG. But if, you know, if, if, the, if we'll, we'll get a feel for it soon enough that if the administration or the AG or whatever decides not to move forward on certain things, it's going to be very, very frustrating yeah. and infuriating. I mean, look, I, I, I think state AGs will get in there and, you know, you, you know, I think everywhere Trump probably had a rally. Mm-hmm. You could have a state AG going after him for something, you know, from right. for money oh, laundering yeah. or fraud or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's something going on there probably. And and um yeah. so the so the states will pick up the slack. Just, and, just you know, go for Jared. Take out Jared Kushner. What a criminal that guy is. Yeah. You know, that's and no one can no one likes him. Yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu yeah. likes him a lot. <laughs> well, fuck that guy. Right? Fuck that guy. I'm so sick of that guy. Yeah. No, I think I'm we have a lot, to, a lot to unravel there in, in terms of how we, I mean, this week or next week, you know, the big Saudi-Israeli deal is going to be done. They'll, you know, and Trump will be heralded as a leader of some sort of peace deal, which is not. But, you know, and Jared will be there being the hero of the world, and which is not. But there we will be facing another fake situation for the next decades. We're we're living with people who claim to be our friends, but who might not have been so friendly to us over the last 40 years. And BB's uh, corruption trial is starting back up again in six weeks. So we've got that to look forward to. Yeah. And as as soon as Biden was looking like he was going to be confirmed, the Saudis pulled back on 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 their Abraham Accords. And then in France now, you have Nicolas Sarkozy. Oh, yeah is that's going he went from passive you know reception of corruption to active involving cash from libya mm. so and, and that's only the beginning of that story uh, so it's yeah. uh, you know it's really glad we haven't had enough time to talk about everything that's that's moving forward globally mm. uh in terms of criminal stuff peru uh, just replaced its president because of, of, of uh, bribery. It's it's go- it's going down all over the place. So it's like it's good that we go back uh, to to the stuff that's forty years old and and to the Cold War stuff. And it seems arcane, but the you know when you start looking at this, you pick at it and you go, it's all the same guys. All the same and guys. so this is a and it, and it goes from here guys. to Vladivostok to to Israel to Saudi that's to right. Cuba. So. It's a gl- it's a global thing, and when you watch from for me as a strategic analyst watching and all these things that never move all at the same time, yeah, and the UK, the Queen, and we all of a sudden the banks have to turn over all their beneficial owners. It's like wow, it's almost yeah. like we're we're really turning the page on the 20th century and exposing it in a way that's never been done. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting to be watching. It's very exciting. It is. I'm very yeah. excited, and we should leave it there. <laughs> Uh, and LB, thank you so much for bringing that letter to us. I think that letter is super significant, and I hope uh, many I other people too. can add I on. Have more. Oh, good, because I, I want to know exactly what Bill Barr was doing at the time. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. <laughs>